the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, Director of Local Ministry Development for 820 AM The Word. I have a special guest today. His name is Paul Dean. He's the lead pastor at Soma Eastside. Paul, welcome to Heart of the City. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, it is uh, nice to meet you, and and uh, this is really kind of the first time for us. We've seen each other in in other uh, pastoral settings, but but really have a first time to have a, a conversation. And uh, so, Soma Eastside. Tell me about that congregation and that church. Where do you where are you located? We have missional communities all over the east side. We, uh, well, before COVID, we met in Issaquah at a middle school, Pacific Cascade Middle School, on Sundays. But uh, we see our mission as all over uh, the east side region. So missional communities uh, from Redmond down to uh, Maple Valley and uh, Issaquah, Sammamish area, all the way to North Bend, Carnation, Fall City. So, so how many campuses all together in the Soma, Soma Fellowship, if you will, or churches? Uh, Soma, there's several Soma churches in the area, uh, Tacoma and Bellevue and Federal Way and uh, Issaquah, Sp- Spokane, so uh, quite a few around the state, up uh, even into Canada, and there's about 80 Oh, really? In the United States, and then, of course, there's a couple in Eastern Europe yeah. as well. Yeah. Soma meaning what? The body of Christ. Okay. So we focus on uh, us being the hands and feet in Jesus in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our workplaces, our schools. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, as most people that listen to this, store, this program <clears throat> on a regular basis, know the heart of the city. I love to have people share how they came to faith because a lot of times pastors, you know, they're preaching messages, but but oftentimes they don't even share their personal testimony, mm. you know, to their congregation, uh, or they might have done it once but haven't done it in 15 years, you know, and so uh, they, a lot of times people don't know what that story is. So I'd love for you to share. Yeah. Are, are you a, a Northwest guy, or did you grow up in another part of the country? Yes. I was born in Pullman, and uh, my dad was finishing up his Ph.D. in horticulture at Washington State, and uh, mom had grown up there, was actually Miss Pullman in 66, and uh, grandparents were there, uh, great-grandparents occasionally were there. So definitely a family family spot. And then moved really all over the the Northwest uh, throughout my life, but primarily in eastern Washington with a short stint in Lansing, Michigan and Cedarville, Ohio. So, uh, but primarily a Northwest guy. I went to seminary in in Tacoma and went to grad school at Washington State. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're a Coug. 
Go Kooks. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's been kind of a mess this year as far as football is concerned. So Yeah, we're used to that. We I think the key to happiness for, for love and the Cougs is lowered expectations. <laughs> uh, most years for football, but uh, but we're we're kind of that uh, plucky and uh, and slightly on edge younger brother that's trying to win but doesn't always. Right. So, right. Yeah. So tell me about your f- spiritual formation growing up. Christian sure. family, well, your mom and dad knew the Lord, or, or yeah. what was it like? Yeah, dad came to, to faith in college, and uh, mom grew up in the Methodist church. Uh, so definitely grew up, remember going to church uh, growing up, uh, and and I definitely prayed a, a, a sinner's prayer when I, was, when I was young. But for me, the real, real conscious moment of coming to faith is when I was 16, I was... I think a typical teenager, more interested in in pleasure and popularity than in uh, seeking any sort of truth or relationship with God. That ju- that seemed to me like a lot of rules, and so I did as did as little with the church as possible. Uh, but uh, youth pastor went out of his way. Uh, the way I remember it is he grabbed me by the collar, pointed me right in the chest, and said, "You're wasting your life." Okay. <laughs> so it was it was subtle, <laughs> yeah. but but I got the point, uh-huh. and uh, it really offended me, mm-hmm. and it I just withdrew from that relationship as much as I could, but it just stuck in my head, and he was right, you yeah. know, living for myself, you know, and I I, I relate to that uh, when I do, still do that uh, today. When I when I live for myself, it's incredibly empty. You know, mm. it, it, there's this promise of you know you being you and and all these things being fulfilling, but really it's empty. Yeah. And that emptiness drove me back to, okay, I need to I need to press in. And I, I can remember uh, a, a speaker at when I was 16 talking about dedicating your life to Christ, and just giving him the the keys, giving him the control of your life, letting him be Lord. And uh, I think I held on to the to the back of the pew as much as I could, but I just at the end I just said, "Okay, God." Mm-hmm. And uh, an incredible feeling of peace when I just said, "Okay, you're in control," and uh, and rejoiced in the euphoria of that moment, uh, and then started asking him, "What do you want me to do?" Mm. And God said very very subtly, and, and over time, it, different times in my life, it, it's been louder, and uh, and and more clear, but it is, I want you to tell people about me. I want you to be a pastor. Wow. So here I am 30 years later, uh, really um, most days loving that call, and uh, just it's so beautiful to see other people experience Jesus the same way that I have, Mm -hmm. to go from a place of emptiness and lack of purpose to knowing that you're loved and having a clear direction for your life. So that's one of, the, one of the true joys and privileges I have is getting to introduce people to Jesus. You know, uh, Paul, uh, I grew up in a, in a church environment, and uh, I really c- kind of made a, my serious commitment to the Lord at about 15 years old. And <clears throat> a book that's had a lot of influence on me, and I need to pick it back up again, it's one of those books that you read, you know, two or three times over the course of a few years, Philip Yancey, The Jesus I Never Knew. Mm. And, and um, you know, as we go through kind of church life as kids, 
uh, you were talking about rules and regulations and all that sort of thing. Whether that's projected on us or that's how, just how we receive it, oftentimes that's, that's how we live our lives as a young, young person and, and kind of live that, um, tr- try to, to live that Christian walk at least while we're in church and with the, the youth group and then the rest of the time we're, we're living for ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then we, we come to faith, but yet there's still this, uh, there's this uh, sense w- within us that, that we're still uh, abiding in our works, if you will. But then when we have that genuine relationship with Jesus, that makes all the difference. There is a Jesus that, that really, uh, that we embrace, that we have that personal relationship with mm-hmm. going forward. And, uh, and that's what you experienced. Yes, and that it's so remarkable that w- as I've reflected over the years on passages like Ephesians chapter 1, how, how instead of us somehow earning that, you know, somehow f- figuring out a way to follow all of those rules that we see through the gospel mm-hmm. that before the foundation of the world that Jesus chose us to be holy and blameless in his sight and that we're adopted in his family and we have an inheritance that can't be can't be touched can't rust can't can't decay and it's just so beautiful and overwhelming and then and when we realize that our hearts are just filled with with gratitude yeah i mean the first time i experienced it, i felt it to me it felt like being covered with a warm blanket but it was just it was just that sense of god's approval because of not because of anything i did not even because of that decision to finally let go and say, okay, you're in control. It's because of what Jesus has done for us. And mm-hmm. that, oh, that gratitude is so powerful. Just when you realize how much God has done for us, how much he loves us, what, what steps he took to pursue us. Yeah. You know. when, when you read the Amplified Version and you r- read the word grace, oftentimes it's grace, uh, unmerited favor. Mm. You know, un- there's no merit to <laughs> the reason why God was gracious in, in providing salvation for me, yeah. right? It's totally his grace and, and unmerited favor in our lives. So that call, was there a passion uh, once, you, once you began to um, uh, embrace uh, the ways of the Lord that you, you sensed early on that there was a call on your life for, for, to become a pastor, or was it a gradual experience throughout your late teens and early 20s? It was pretty immediate, and uh, I just went to my the same youth pastor that was was uh, very direct with me. I said, "Okay, what do I do?" And he says, "Well, you know, let's uh, let's go through the Book of John." So you know, went through a, a an ordered discipleship program, and then it would, next was, "Okay, what do I do?" And he says, "Well, why don't you tell other people about what you've learned?" So I began to share my my faith with my friends at school, and it had predictable results, um, but the the initial response was people wanting to avoid me because who wants to listen to the to the preacher but uh but also saw seven of my friends come to faith in the next year well wow. and what a what a joy that was and then uh, you know as far as the the official you know Sunday service church uh, I got involved teaching Sunday school right away and enjoyed seeing the fruit of that seeing people's eyes opened and oh god really does care about me uh, that was that was great. So I went on to to school to prepare for it, and and that's a that's a long story. 
Maybe someday. <laughs> someday we'll, <laughs> we'll go into part yeah. two at some other time yeah. because uh, I really wanted to move on. And the reason why I, I reached out to you is I uh, there was a Facebook post that uh, I saw uh, earlier this week, and I, I messaged you on Facebook, and I said, hey, I'd love to do a radio interview with you because I saw a post where you were talking about doing 24 days of gratitude. Mm-hmm. So, uh, first of all, why did you post that, and what's the backstory? Well, the backstory is COVID, <laughs> and uh, I think that you know early on in the in the lockdowns, uh, as I looked around, I saw I saw fear. You know, I felt it in my own heart too, and so we we focused on Second Timothy one seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And and that was I think that was important for us. And I think it's still a, a verse that we need to keep f- on on the forefront. But uh, as it's gone on, as I've seen people's mental health erode, I've seen people uh, marriages in trouble, um, seen more suicides ar- around around my circles than I've ever seen. Uh, I I began to just pray through. You, how do we, how do we get through this? How do we, how do we stay focused on what we stay focused on? And, w- and one of the grounding things for me during this pandemic is my regular call with my ninety-three-year-old grandmother, Jeanette, and uh, she is velvet-covered steel. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a good image right there, velvet-covered steel. She is <laughs> just uh, um, amazing to me. How uh, you know through health challenges through. Uh, losing sp- two spouses um, uh, to to death and to uh, children and um, loved ones and friends and she's been through scarlet fever and uh, the Great Depression and World War Two and the Cold War and uh, and life in general just seeing her strength and so as I'm going through this pandemic I would ask questions like grandma have you ever been through anything like this and she talked about being shut up in her house for scarlet fever and a you know a big red x on the door no one can come in and or out I talked about you know we've talked about the great depression most of our lives just because it's a a fascinating story about what she what she saw her parents go through as they lost everything Mm -hmm. Uh, and but as I'm hearing her talk about these stories she doesn't just talk about all of the terrible things. Doesn't just talk about all the all the boys she says that didn't come back from World War II. Uh, she talks about the beautiful things along the way. She talks about the strength of her mom. She talks about her faith in in Jesus. She talks about all the things that she was grateful for. And then as I as I was talking about these conversations with different with that conversation with my grandma, with different people in the congregation, uh, some of them said, boy, we need to hear more about your <laughs> conversations with your grandma. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the middle of that, I just thought, what if we took our, our typical Advent time and just listed and said publicly what we were thankful for? So decided just for December leading up to Christmas that we would call the congregation, we'd call the leaders and the, the members and the even just the occasional visitors, to take 24 days in December and list out publicly, as public as they can, even that public just means texting people, boy, I'm grateful for these things today. 
or talking with other people. These are these are the things that I'm grateful for, that we could spend 24 days talking about what we are thankful for to God and see if that doesn't shift our focus from wanting this pandemic to be over to thanking God for everything from the sunshine today to our dear friends, to our relatives, uh, even just things that might seem silly. Like yesterday, my post was, thank you, God, for a lifetime sport like golf. Because that, you know, the friendships that have developed over the years, uh, because I've had that. And just the appreciation, you know, I walk out, I walked out yesterday morning early on the golf course, and it was sunny. And I just, the you know, the birds are chirping happily. The, uh, the sun feels warm on my, my skin. I'm just thankful to be alive. I was not thankful for my golf score. My, my, uh, my wedge completely abandoned me. <laughs> but uh, but there's just so many things that we, we can be thankful for. And God has given us so much. If we just sit and meditate and look, and, and, and look around us, there's so many things that we can be thankful for, even in the hardest times. So that's the, that's the spur. Yeah. Well, I had mentioned to you before we started recording that uh, a book that's uh, had some some influence on me recently was a John Eldridge book uh, called Get Your Life Back. And he there's all sorts of sections about um, gratitude and and seeing seeing beauty, the danger of technology as far as taking over how we think and how we feel and how our minds uh, work. Mm. But but one of the things about beauty and, of course, John uh, I'm not exactly sure. I think he lives in Colorado. And, you know, the videos that he was doing, uh, you know, beautiful videos and beautiful scenes and all that sort of thing, was talking about the gift of beauty that the Lord has given to us. And especially for those of us that live in the Northwest, we sometimes take for granted the, the beauty of what's around us. And, we, and the idea of being mindful of our daily walk in this on this planet and and being able it sounds trite but being able to stop and literally literally smell the roses mm-hmm. literally stop and and study a leaf on the ground and see the beauty of creation you know John was challenging us to see that these are gifts of God you know in the beauty of of our environment to it, uh, understand that this is God's pleasure this is god's expression you know uh, the other day i i posted a, there was a full moon and i was walking out of the y after swimming my laps in the morning and i took a picture of the uh, of the full moon and uh, just the caption on facebook was the heavens declare the glory of god you know god is declaring his glory mm-hmm. all over the place at all times mm-hmm. you know and so um so your expression of, of taking that time of being mindful during this season, especially during Christmas, but especially during this COVID season, really strikes home to me. Mm. It truly does. And I think it's a key, uh, as you've been sharing, it really is a key to us being settled in our hearts and not afraid mm-hmm. of overcoming fear. Talk about that for a bit. Yeah, I, I think you've... I think if you focus on what what we're grateful for and what we do have, that that's that focuses us on on what it is in, in around us in, in many ways that it's safe and beautiful and fo- and I think when I'm grateful I'm focused on what I what I have, not what I 
wish I had. Or, and I think we're in. The, I think we're in this for the long term. I mean, it's not gonna. COVID's not gonna be over next week. But we really can live in joy right now if we focus on what God has given us. I think. I think in this, the setting of the New Testament is not settled prosperity. <laughs> it is. There's a, there's very real dangers. But still, we have these these verses like First Thessalonians, uh, chapter five, where he he tells us to be be thankful in all circumstances, and it's just absolutely, uh, absolutely beautiful, uh, and a great reminder to us. I even think about Paul and Silas. You know, they're 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 in a lockdown, right? They're in prison, right? And they're singing. I think that singing, I think that singing heart that we all we all want in this moment, comes from. Thank you, God. And I think that, that that there might be even new songs that come out of this pandemic that we sing for years mm. that, that have come out of a grateful heart mm. because we realize, oh, God actually has given us so much, and we shouldn't let the fear uh, strip that away from us. So I'm, I think our courage and our fear really – come from different places and one comes from realizing what we don't have and one comes from really realizing what we do have well i think it 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 helps to strip down to the things that fill us in these days whether it's a new iphone or if it's whether the seahawks are winning you Mm. know that week or whether we have the best of technology or if i get you know at least 50 likes on my facebook on this post that when you really think about the important things and what God is really wanting to ignite in our hearts, it really is that that uh, experience of his presence in our lives in the quiet moments, in the silence, in the beauty, in the stillness. And when some of those things are taken away, the activities of life are taken away, sometimes we begin to see that there is a void there that only the Lord can fill, you know, that we've we've tried to fill with TV or or technology, yet mm. the real presence of God and, and living in that moment of his presence is really where life is, isn't it? Amen. You know? Amen. And I think he's teaching uh, in various ways uh, his body that this is really where we need to be, at least, at least the body of Christ Hopefully, in, in Western culture, I think there are those who have live in other parts of the world that have already experienced that, that don't have the, we think of it as bl- the blessings of technology and, and the fruitfulness of abundance, but I oftentimes think that it is not a curse, but it is uh, a way that we cloud the work of God in our lives when we have the abundance that we have mm. if we're not sensitive to it. I think that's a great point. You know? And, yeah. s- and so th- this this when things are briefly taken away and, and I have to say you're talking about your grandma you know when you talk about those generations that my parents were my dad born in 1914 my mom in 1918 and you talk about those people that were born in the 1900s early 1900s and the things that they went through mm-hmm. what we're going through now I mean in 1800 in 1918, during the Spanish flu, they didn't have the technology we have now where we're getting an app on our phone saying, you know, you, you, know, you can load this app and say you've been ex- you know, near somebody who's had the Spanish flu. That didn't happen in 1918, <laughs> right? No. They, didn't have any, they didn't even understand what was going on. 
And so we've got such a blessing from the Lord as far as our medicine, as far as the technology, as far as a, a vaccine that's hopefully coming here in the next few weeks that they never experienced, but yet, like your grandma, you know, velvet covered in, or steel covered in velvet, you know, she had has the joy of the Lord in her life mm-hmm. through all of that. And I think if we can be if we can be mindful and grateful and stay focused on Jesus, uh, we might we might gain some of that strength that radiates from her. I mean, I, she's she's strong because she has walked with Jesus through dozens of trials. And I I pray that we as the church in the region will make it through this this trial closer to Jesus, closer to each other, and uh, and and have the strength. Uh, that God is, God wants us to have. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been talking with Pastor, Lead Pastor Paul Dean. He's the uh, lead pastor at uh, Soma East Side. If you want to reach out to Paul, you can email him at paul at somaeastside.org. That's S O M A Eastside.org. Paul, thanks for joining me today on Heart of the City. My pleasure. been listening to this 820 AM, the word special heart of the city. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, the word call Chuck Olmstead 206-269-6216 or go to thewordseattle.com.